0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Capiche Filmcast. Stephen Barry here, joined by my fellow Capiche crew. Today we've got Francis Murphy, Yo Yo Yo, Scott Armour, Hi, Wow, that's that's amazing, (laughs) and Robert Brogan. Hello there. How you guys doing? Uh, Yeah, so we're here, of course, for our usual film catch-up, our weekly short-ish podcast. Uh, to kind of just go over what we've been watching, what we've been up to, any games we've been playing, music we've been listening to, anything really, entertainment media uh, over the last week since our last chat. Let's start with Scott Armour. Scott, what's been going on?
1: Um, not a lot, to be honest. I, I felt as if I think because I had the the, the break uh, and it was a two week break from the the weekly podcast, that had a lot of content to talk about and kind of felt like I hogged the mic uh, the last time uh, slightly disappointing this time I've only watched one film uh, and played uh, a shit ton of ghost of Tsushima so that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much it the film that I watched was The Equaliser
0: hey, hey, The Equaliser, yep, seen that, Denzel
1: yeah so uh, kind of done it back, back to front with The Equaliser I've watched, I've seen them before but I watched the Equalizer Two, bizarrely, and then um, I watched The Equalizer uh, after The Equalizer Two. So, um, but uh, not a good film. I thoroughly recommend it if you guys haven't seen it. It's Denzel Washington uh, at his uh, finest, cool, calm, and collective, then turns into an absolute insane uh, vigilante. Uh, mm-hmm. Aye, good. Um, but they they have been uh, mainly. I said I wouldn't. I say I would write reviews about games that I have played, and I wouldn't download a new game and then Ghost of Tsushima comes out and I downloaded it. I'm weak.
0: Yeah, you're never going to write anything, are you? Like you're you're done the moment is passed for your review.
1: <laughs> what I would say is um, Ghost of Tsushima is. Uh, the Sony, the Sony Studios are definitely saving their best to last um, in terms of the PlayStation 4's uh, sort of shelf life because the last couple of games I've played have been pretty much out of their Um Ghost of Shijima is set in a uh, Japan, so it was uh, loosely based in the first Mongol invasion on Shijima Island. Uh, and you play... Uh Sam and I called Jinsakai. Um not getting too much detail, but um so far graphics look amazing, story looks good, massive open world. Uh the colours are so vibrant, so much primary colours on show. Um and uh I I would thoroughly, thoroughly recommend it if you're into feudal Japan um games. Cool.
0: Uh it's not really a It's not really a a genre of game that I've ever played, (laughs) feudal Japan games. But um, no, it sounds it sounds really good. It's getting, I think it's getting mostly positive reviews. I've not seen a lot if it's getting where where it's I know it's quite early on still.
1: Yeah, the, the early reviews online have have been pretty much praising everything what I've said in terms of. The gameplay, uh, the fight mechanics, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, a lot of it's broadly similar to what you've played before. If you have played any modern day open world games, Um, the one thing that it is getting criticised for is its it's sort of side content, additional content in terms of uh, you know side missions and that sort of stuff. To me, I'm absolutely loving it. A lot
0: of people, I know that Ubisoft games like Assassin's Creed to get really kind of criticised sometimes because they just throw icons all over the map for you to do like overwhelming and it's just like you could spend actually hundreds of and hundreds of hours trying to do all these really repetitive tasks so so far it's not felt like that.
1: Well no because actually it's a really, there's a really nice dynamic about the game and if you've played games before Steve I know you are playing Spider-Man just now and you're see the displays like on the screen you'll have Spider-Man's health you'll have a map you'll have this kind of so, you know Your HUD, there's a lot of stuff going on in the screen. In Ghost of Shijima, you've got nothing. And you're basically directed to your next marker or place by the wind. Hmm. Okay. All right. That sounds sounds bizarre. That sounds as if, how how could they possibly pull that off? But you basically just swipe up in the touchpad and you see a gust of wind and it basically directs you. Um, But it's all based on the, the... sort of myth of the the locals back in that time believed that the wind was magical and it it brought them you know um gifts and stuff like that so there's that's why there's such an emphasis on this wind um so it's it's bizarre like there's there's, it takes a while to get used to because obviously you are used to on the map, you see where you're meant to go. It tells you the distance and all that kind of stuff. Here, it's kind of just like... And actually, it's another. there's another interesting part as well that you could be just running randomly and a wee golden bird comes down and flies down and you follow that bird and that bud will take you to an undiscovered location.
2: That's happened to me many a time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so who's the developer
1: for this game? Uh, Sucker Punch.
0: Right. I don't really know all their games.
1: Sucker Punch <clears throat> did... I think they did the infamous games oh right
0: yes they did uh, I never played them but I heard the first one's really good yeah okay cool so f- review forthcoming obviously Scott yeah
1: You base somebody needs to basically come into my house after I finish that game and take my PS4 away from me I can do that and, and, I'll, and I promise I'll try and write a review
0: I think lockdown measures, I don't know if you're in the bubble for that. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> Let, let's bubble together just so you can you can evoke yeah. my PS4 access. Like I said, all you
0: need to do is a short summary paragraph for all the different games. There's about six different games you could probably write a short, and you can write an article with a summary of the lockdown PS4 games you've been playing. That'd be one article. Stop telling me what to do. I'm telling you what to do, mate. I run this. I run this show. All right, cool. Stop
1: all trying right, to control then. my life.
0: Fran let's come to you what's been going on with you well there's two things I've watched recently so I was watching
2: uh, well I've actually watched two and a half two and a half of the three seasons of True Detective but mainly the one that had an impact on me was the first season Mm. which I thought was uh, which is Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson uh, which is just it's up there as one of the best things I've ever seen you know, I mean it's up there with some of the best of the Sopranos and things like Breaking Bad, it's that similar kind of quality, but I'm a real uh, I'm, I'm, I really get drawn towards good writing characterization, and I really feel that uh, Matthew McConaughey's character Rust Cole is played it's unbelievable actually uh, what Matthew McConaughey's actually achieved there, and I think it's one of the times where I've I've transcended looking at the writing into looking at the actual acting as well. Because Matthew McConaughey someone who's been in rom-coms and comedies and all kinds of things and you see him in this kind of role. And the thing about Matthew McConaughey as well is that Matthew McConaughey he's quite a religious guy. he's kind of believes in God and quite religious but this character is a total, total nihilist, atheist type guy who thinks the character of Rust Cole basically believes that we repeat our lives forever and that People who have been, like, say, captured and raped or murdered by the, you know, they're going to live that hell over and over again forever, you know, no matter what. And it's this totally kind of um, godless, hopeless view of the world. And he he talks about human beings basically as sentient sacks of meat, you know, that or people who humans <clears throat> are. I think the quote is something like laboring under the illusion that they have a consciousness. And he goes on about this all the way through the the show, and you know that it's funny because the plot of the program or the series actually takes a second; uh, it takes a backseat to the character study of Matthew McConaughey and uh, Woody Harrelson's characters. But it's a it's a study actually. I think it's a it's maybe a, a kind of a ahead of its time because it came out just before all of this discussion of toxic masculinity and things like that. I think it's actually a character study of toxic masculinity. Maybe in its most skilled and most um, subtle way, I actually think it's achieved it. It's an incredible first series.
0: Yeah, I remember hearing about the plaudits it was getting around the time. Um, the way that people spoke about it. It's only ten episodes, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and and you know, that um, it goes back to our old English teacher, Mister Collins, who used to always say, "Less is more." Yeah, you know, it's it's self-contained. It's everybody, every man between the ages of about 30, say, well, I'm about 34, but say between the ages of roughly 34 and 40, like until late 40s, probably I'd say between maybe 35 and 55, maybe will understand what Rust Cole, and I can't remember Woody Harrison's character name, but what those two men are going through in their lives with family, breakdown of relationships, dealing with their kids' career, um, maybe not panning out the way they wanted to, um, looking in the mirror and seeing their hair changing, their you know all of these you know questioning what life's all about, all those things, and it's a very male study, you know. It kind of focuses. There's 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 excellent um, uh, female characters as well. Uh, their wives and girlfriends and other folk that are around that have their own motivations, but and I guess in a sense it's a study of women going through those ages as well. But it really focuses on the men and yeah. how how expectations. What's interesting about it is that a lot of people recoil when they hear the words toxic masculinity because they think that it means that men are bad yeah. and that men hurt women. <clears throat> but what they don't understand is that some of these expectations and needs and wants and all of the, what society puts on to men is harmful to men as well. Because if you're a man who, like Woody Harrelson's character, the marriage is broken down and you don't get to see your daughters anymore and you're sitting eating tv dinners by yourself you know you're and you're you feel the years fading away and you're changing you know and you don't feel like a man anymore the man that you're not feeling like is that toxic image of success you know this idea that a man is supposed to be a certain thing not supposed to express how he feels you know all of those kinds of things so i think it's I'd, i'd give it that first season, they shouldn't have, they should have done any more seasons.
0: Yeah, that's the kind of common thread I've heard, that, that second season. I mean, there's no narrative connection, is there? It's literally just the name alone that is the, the same thing. I mean, it's different characters, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but there's an extremely minor narrative thread of oh,
2: really? um, people in power who are doing things to kids or vulnerable people, basically, like women and things like that. Like, you know, kind of like the whole, it's it's almost like it about, it's like a fictionalised version of Epstein and his cronies and people like that. Okay. but <clears throat> I think
1: I, what you're meaning, Steve, is this, that the, the stories aren't linked. Uh-huh. Yeah. They um, happen in the same
2: universe, it? yeah, but it's not Yeah, the yeah, stories I, themselves,
0: yeah. Is, is, it, is it a different state or a different town or something like that? They, I mean, they reference the other seasons very oh, briefly. Really? Like, you oh, know, so. but
2: uh-huh. it's just, you know, that they happen in the same universe, basically. That's
0: I mean, what, is, um, what is the reason that this second series is so off? Like, what is the, what did they get right? Is, the, is it do you think it's the casting? Because when you look at Vince Vaughn and Colin Farrell, they don't strike you as the sort of dramatic actors that you would expect in a show like that. But I know that they have done performances outside of that um, separately that you could give them that. But is it the writing? What's what's let them down?
2: Well, I I think to be honest, I mean, maybe I'm um, I think. The second and third seasons are victims of the fact that the first one was just so good.
0: Hang on, wait. There's a third
2: series. Uh huh. So is I'm it? halfway. I'm halfway through the third one that only came out last year. Um, but who, who who's in it? Um, I'm not he, even aware of the actors' names, to be honest. It's like he was in. He's in Moonlight. There's an African American ah, man yeah. and a, a, white, a white guy. A white a man.
1: That's
2: it. I, I mean, that's the thing is yeah. that. I mean, I wouldn't. I'm not saying the second season, like I enjoyed the second season and I'm enjoying the third season, but it was mm. like lightning doesn't strike twice. That first season was so good that nothing that followed it could ever have compared.
1: Mm. Fran, do you think it's probably, do you think, because I'm I'm the exact same true detective, I think I watched it quite close to um, the first two seasons of Hannibal. Have you ever seen Hannibal?
2: I've not, but that's not, that's literally on my like. I've like, got this list of things that I'm getting aye. to watch. I've got Mad Men as well. That's another one on the list.
1: <laughs> Hannibal and True Detective, I thought, were quite close in terms of sort of tone because I remember True Detective feeling just total and utter like dread. Like it's so grim at times, and it's similar to like Hannibal. But like Hannibal is just so grim. And harrowing, um, yeah. and it, but it's amazing at the same time. It sounds daft that you would actually enjoy that, but the, as you said, um, Ma- Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson's like performance in it—you just can't stop watching it.
2: I know, and I've never felt—it's weird actually. I've never felt more connected to two characters in two different yeah. ways. There was certain elements. There was a scene where Woody Harrelson's character talks like. Russ, Russ, uh, Matthew McConaughey, Russ Cole asks Woody Harrelson's character how he's been doing after all these years, and Woody Harrelson's character is just like, "Yeah, I'm all right." And then it cuts to like a montage, and he's 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 kind of voicing over it, but it's him just by himself in this, right. you know, and and but I've never felt so sorry for someone, but also the empathy of thinking, "My God, like, where well, you're just trying to get on with it, but there's nothing to live for." there's Aye. nothing you're just going home to an empty house
1: yeah.
2: and you're just marking time Do you know what i mean like I've, I, you know and again you know uh rust cole would uh matthew mcconaughey's character as well like that in fact i spoke to you on the phone earlier robert about this but just that idea of the sheer nihilism and kind of being self-aware about the fact that maybe this is completely meaningless like and, and that that whole kind of idea. like I was watched, like I, I, those two characters will will speak
0: to a lot of a lot of people you know a
2: lot yeah. of people
1: what, um, what was it what was the plot again was it the, the it was a month i remember
0: i oh, don't give away spoilers cuz i want to watch
2: it well, th- that's the thing i don't well, have w- seen
3: it either.
2: yeah I, this is one of those ones where where it's so good that i don't want to say to anyone who's not seen it anything about it
0: yeah, it's more of a mood piece. I remember the trailers that would show the initial trailers and it was literally just a kind of panning camera shot of Matthew McConaughey and uh, Woody Harrelson in like a garden as they've discovered something and it doesn't allude to what it is. Is it's, 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 this a dread in the soundtrack? I don't true. know. Yeah. I, I can't remember the trailers even showed you, but it was to give it, it was all about a mood. The, the, the whole series was about a mood. It was this grey and brown kind of palette.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Um <clears throat> yeah, Fran, Fran, I don't know if you think um the same about the second season, but I think that obviously you make a good point. Is this, that Because of the first season was, was the tone it was and it was and it was written the way it was and it was it was groundbreaking. I think the second season probably because it was called True Detective Two, that probably f- felt disappointing because you were probably expecting more of the same. But actually uh-huh. It's a totally different story. It's a totally different tone. It's mm-hmm. different subjects that they're dealing. Does that, does that make?
2: Yeah, it does. I mean, taken on its own, it's perfectly good. I mean, and and um, I particularly enjoyed Battenady's her name. Is that her name? The 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 woman detective. Uh, it's um, Rachel McAdam? Oh uh, yeah, a character name. Oh, i yeah. Aye. Aye. Aye, she was. She was. In fact, uh, Colin Farrell was great as well. I mean. It was only when I got to the third season I wasn't so sure of who the actors were, but mm. every every one of them has done an amazing job. And I, I noticed characters that were in the first season that came back that were playing the same characters. If you look closely, um, like kind of witnesses and side characters and things, there are some that that are that are kind of crossing over. But yeah, I, I, you know, it's almost like it's just. You you can I mean, it's very, very rare. I mean, Star Wars to the Empire Strikes Back is probably one of the only times in history where you've had something that was so good and then followed by something that was better. I mean, it's just, it's very rare, isn't it, for that to happen.
1: So, I still thought the second season was solid. Um,
2: oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah.
1: On, I, think
3: so,
1: maybe the, I think maybe the thing that they did was, there, there's, there's, if I remember, Fran, there's four main characters. So you've got uh, Colin Farrell, you've got, Finn's and Rachel
0: McAdams. Who's who's the other guy? It's a,
1: it's a, y- a younger guy. A younger oh, guy. I never remember his name.
0: Well, I mean, we'll, uh, we'll just put it down as one that definitely you recommend the first series, but also you would suggest, with a caveat, that it is not as good to continue, but it's level your expectations for the subsequent seasons, I take it. Yeah, definitely.
2: And you know, you'll be pleased with me because I've actually got a brilliant segue here because me and Robert okay. both watched the same film. Right, uh, which was called Border, and I mean, I would just start off. I'll, I'll, I'll let Robert pick up on this actually, because I'm quite interested to hear what, what Robert thinks. We both liked it, um, but I never got, I never got to hear what, what Rob's thoughts were. But um, I, I really enjoyed that uh, the film Border. It's basically, it's a, I think it's a, it's a Scandinavian movie or something, isn't it? It's been made by, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't remember exactly what country, but um. It kind of goes into mythology, but it takes it into the real world, doesn't it? Rob, I don't know if you want to kind of pick up on that then. Uh, no, it
3: was good. It was um, just a kind of... It's hard to describe sort of film, wasn't it? It was like... Um, it's like sort of a sci-fi fantasy element to it, but also it's quite realistic and, you know... I mean, it was built a sort of romance fantasy. Uh-huh. I thought it was kind of built as, you know. But it was... Um, I think as well, I was going to say, I say, ask if you'd seen another film that's made, it's a famous Scandinavian film, but that would sort of give the game away for this film, so I better not give too much away about it. But, you know, the concepts behind it were quite interesting, weren't they? It was quite like, um, again, the acting was great and the characters were great and, you know, the pace of the story was brilliant, you know, kind of just went along, yeah. nice, a, a nice level pace and, well, certain so
2: feeling a dread behind it as well as you're watching it as well. It's quite interesting, isn't it? I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Actually, I found it to be quite
3: satisfying. The, yeah.
2: because because it, it, I felt like we we got the payoffs we were looking for.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: And the fact, I mean, I, how much I how much do we describe? That's the thing. How much do we give away here?
0: When did it come out? Sorry. I think it was was two years ago three years ago something like that we're talking about quite a very modern film yeah Well,
3: the only reason I noticed it was because I was sort of going through my Virgin Media recording thing and I was trying to delete stuff and I came across this and I think it was one of these film four nights they must have had some sort of theme night or something one night and I thought then I must have looked it up or something I can't remember why I recorded it but it must have been a wee while ago but um I'd recommend it, definitely, you know. But again, you know, to be fair, it's exactly the type of, I said to the girlfriend, you know, I said, if we, me and you sat and watched the song, you'd say, that was shite. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so she was, um, but I sat down and watched it. I watched it in two parts. We watched the first third of it with Fran, and then the second, two thirds of it the next the next day, the Sunday afternoon.
2: Yeah, and, and, and the there. funny thing was, we both independently did that. It wasn't like we said, oh, we need to watch this today. It was like we both chose to go and watch Like I I was driven to see the rest of it. I needed to see it, do you know what
3: I mean? I'm I'm terrible for watching the first third of the films and never going back to it, you know? It's like, (sighs) there's so many films. Oh...
0: I usually do that if it's like a comfort film where I know I've, I've not even got the time to fully watch the film but I kind of want to get the feel of an old classic and it's just like something I kind of want to sit so I'll put on the first third of what Terminator or whatever it is but usually a film like that I'll end up watching the entire thing to be fair. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, so yeah, was that was that your main film then? Robert, was there anything else?
3: Um, well, I sat, me and Andrew and Lewis, my two oldest boys we, we sat down during the week and watched Bora again Oh wow <laughs> Which is to me One of the funniest films That's ever been made In the history of the universe
1: I'm surprised
3: um, uh, I'm surprised That's available On any platform uh, At the moment Well actually funny, thing, funny you should say that Because Same with um, Remember last week was talking about The Texas Chainsaw Massacre Yeah What happened was I was sitting about And I, I, I used to have Bora and DVD It's one of these films You kind of lend to somebody And you never see you again Mm-hmm. so I was sitting about thinking, oh, I'd really like to see that, and I looked in my pile of DVDs, they're not exactly ordered, I was like, throwing them all over the place, trying to find them, I wasn't there, I was like, fuck. So again, onto eBay, 99 pence, You know, <laughs> not, in, not, not in a box, just the actual disc in a disc. plastic thing, <laughs> but it had it had the DVD cover, but not no uh-huh. plastic box. It arrived a couple of days later, and that was it, so we sat down to watch it, For Andrew's girlfriend I was there watching it, and I, honestly, my, my boy, was boy, he's 19, he absolutely screamed, with laughter at it you know I mean I take it you've seen it yeah oh, oh yeah. 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 yeah and that the first time I saw I I fell off the chair laughing and after I couldn't believe how funny it was I, you know I, my only regret was that I hadn't seen it in the cinema to be with yeah. so many other people laughing like that mm-hmm. in the one place must have been amazing
0: that, yeah that's the kind of film that is uh, the sort of collective experience does heighten it a bit like it's horror films and comedies are the ones that suffer for not being able to watch them in a cinema yeah
1: i think yeah. it's i think it was the first film it probably probably took a lot of people surprise because actually the humor is it's that sort of it's making people feel unbelievably awkward in their own skin yeah real people yeah and their It's their reactions that are just absolutely yeah. hilarious.
0: It's kinda like well, it shows up the sort of all the prejudices as well of America and things like that absolutely. that was the first time I actually really understood sasha Baron Cohen's kind of humor. I'd never got it with bo uh, with um what, Ali g Ali G I just was like, uh, this guy's all right, I don't really get him, but years later, I get it now and both that was the because now I realized, ah, oh, I get it now, like this is Showing up the sort of the mindset of the people around him, and uh, I, I thought it was hilarious. It was so good.
1: Some of it is quality. I'd probably um, say Bor- Borat's probably his
3: best sort of. Yeah, definitely. Kind of An you so. want to call it. That. Yeah, because I saw that other film that he did a couple years back. Was it Grimsby or The Brothers Grimsby uh, or something? Like that? Did you see that? it Was like kind of that looked terrible. Well, he's basically he's basically playing
1: uh, he's basically playing Liam Gallagher basically. Aye, uh, yeah. Yeah, like a parody of sound, in it. Please. It doesn't sound like a, There's
0: an element of... Aye, uh, there's an element of intelligence behind the Borat sort of persona and what he is doing to try and get reactions out of people in a way. Like, it is so shocking at the same time, but I think the other doesn't work. What
1: was the other one in between that? Bruno. Bruno, that's it. That's it. I didn't see that either. Bruno's... Bruno's I'd say Bruno's better than... Uh, Grimsby I think it's called. Uh, definitely, but it's oh, nowhere near as
2: good as Borat. Don't yeah. forget the there was the dictator one as well, wasn't oh, there the
1: dicta- Oh, the mm, Oh, which I was was, o- was okay, but
2: mm. I mean, like, see to go back to Borat. Like, I remember going to see that at the time. I was going out with a girl <laughs> who was quite Robert. I remember, and she was quite quiet, right? She she was and, quite so a quiet. Of...
0: Mention exes' names on the podcast. Come on. Ah, she's away in America she's she's
2: safe. Oh, so, don't there's... worry.
0: <laughs>
2: I mean, I can read out her national insurance number if you
0: want. No, no, just keep going.
2: But aye, uh, so so I remember going with her to see it, and she was very quiet, very quiet. She wasn't really someone who like burst out laughing or whatever. But we went to see this film, and I remember the two of us like we could barely like stay in our seats, like we were almost thrown up into the popcorn bag laughing. Do you know what I mean? Like it was so. I've I've never came out of a movie. It was one of those movies you go and see and you remember the experience of going to see it, but mm-hmm. everybody in the cinema was the same, everybody was just rolling about, but there was also that, like, there was also those moments of like, oh my god, like when they had those guys yeah. in the van, like, Crunch. and the, the
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like everybody's like, is this real, you can hear folks saying, is that real people, you know, and then you realise it was, and the Jewish couple, when they stayed with them and they're trying to escape from the Jewish couple they think are demons, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like two octogenarians slowly coming up the stairs and all that, and just Oh, it's hilarious. Oh man. I've yeah. But that's the thing. Like, I think comedy a lot of comedy comes from real life. Like, I remember one of my favourite genres ever, actually. Do you not remember when Uh, Cable TV was kind of new here And you had like NTL TV or whatever Cable Mm. teller or whatever You got all these crappy channels But on some of them you'd get these candid camera programs With like we old ladies sitting down at a table With a jug of water And then suddenly it just starts blowing out the top of it All over them and all that (laughs) kind of thing I I love that Like comedy Real comedy Like situational real stuff Like where they lock two people in an elevator With a coffin and then the door comes off And the body comes out You know Just I love that sort of thing and Bora had that amazing mix of Sasha Baron Cohen's obvious talent but also catching folk I feel sorry for those g- well I don't feel sorry for those guys in the van but I do because like you know you're never gonna you're never gonna live some of that stuff down are you no, no.
0: yeah I know I can't remember what they were saying but I know it was horrendous but we're probably best not repeating it anyway mm-hmm. but um I I, things that could, I remember could,
2: about you could actually go through the top 10 worst racial slurs ever if you want
0: yeah uncensored <laughs> right. Let's uh, let's move on quickly. The things I remember from that film, Jesus, that's a big can. Um, yeah. are Like the massive sequence, like a, a, an entire set piece of him and his pal naked fighting in their hotel room.
3: See that bit? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> that is the bit, I've never laughed so hard in my life. But didn't you say yeah.
0: Andrew was yeah. Yeah. like, like, was that his first time seeing it? Yeah.
3: I mean, he said he did say that he's never laughed at a film so much in his life. Ever, you know,
0: it's the build up, isn't it? Like it just keeps getting more crazier and crazier. Uh, yeah. And the the Pamela Anderson stuff. I know. I never really
3: understood that, but as in, like, obviously she must have been in on it.
0: She ah, uh, she was. I watched the commentaries or whatever it was, and she was in on it. I don't know if her security guards weren't
3: or something. Exactly. That's 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 because you can tell by the way they react. I mean, they really are trying to grab them by the hair and trying to get them and all that. And you know, I have seen she must have been in on it, but obviously, like you know, he'd just a must have, you know, we quick five minute meeting before it, and this is what we're going to do. But, um, I mean, it's quite, it was manhandled quite a lot in, in that film, you know, there must have been some quite close calls.
0: He's crazy. Like the risks he puts himself into, like the sort of the scenarios where it really could go really badly. Well, see when he went to that rodeo thing and he was saying those things to the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> are they going to kill him? You know? are they, are they
2: gonna, what's going to happen? You know?
1: Kazakhstan
3: is the greatest country in the world. Yeah, just
0: unbelievable. And then uh, even for the promotion of the film, I think it was, was it, I don't know, maybe it was Bruno actually, I might be getting mixed up, I think it's Bruno, when at uh, the MTV M- Movie Awards whatever, <laughs> <laughs> so when he like, he, he, I don't know if he was like crowd surfing, but he, oh, he was like God. naked or something, or his butt was showing when he got over Eminem, and obviously like he's kind of rubbing it right in Eminem's face, and obviously didn't jo- enjoy that. He was up kind of in these kind of wire things, sort of
3: looking yeah. like an angel sort of thing, and then it sort of as if it was going out of control, and he literally came down upside down on Eminem, and he landed like that, and his butt was like right there, <laughs> like, right, right, Eminem's face, man. Now, again, I was thinking, surely he must have been in on that. I so think I've heard reports.
0: I think I've, I, initially it was reported like Eminem was furious, all these kind of things, but I think I, I feel like I've read somewhere that he was given the sort of the heads up that he's, that they're going to try something like that, and he might go along with it because obviously. Uh, yeah it's quite quite risky to do that with eminem and that was obviously when eminem was that he's most like i mean i think he's mellowed a little like you could maybe get away he's been kind of more commercial now but i think back then he was the sort of guy that you just do not do things like that too <laughs> yeah. yeah oh excellent fantastic i don't know how to segue i don't know if there's anything else you've watched uh robert there that you were wanting to talk about before I
3: not really just well, just I know it you're talking about the equaliser earlier on, right? Um, I, I did see the, that first one and I liked it, you know. But in our family, we've got a a, a really terrible habit of saying things the wrong way. Oh, and, yes. And um, my daughter was talking about it, she said, Oh, dad, have you seen that film, The Equivalator? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Yeah. Uh, like the what? Oh, the equaliser. Ah, yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> that, That's all, That's almost yeah. like the
2: time that me and you were walking
0: through Paisley, Robert, and I shouted out, "Are we going to HIV?" Yeah,
3: that's <laughs> right. <laughs> that's well, cool. That'll be the name
0: of the title for this podcast now.
3: Who <laughs> yeah. I've never let you live it down since. But that's fair enough. But <clears throat> yeah. I just spent another week there since the last time watching, like, watching all the way through Father Ted. This... Oh, yeah, brilliant. And um I mean, hilarious, right? And then today just started watching some what, re-watching something there a programme. I think it only lasted for one series. It was called Pure. Have you ever heard of that? I've, it's I've like not heard of it. that. it's about this girl who has this sort of O C D condition where um she can't stop thinking about sex, but like in, in any normal circumstances she should be talking to. So but but it's really like it's not like normal sexual thoughts, it's like sort of extreme. So she's at a do for her mum and dad's wedding anniversary or something and she's up on the stage trying to make a speech but in her mind all she can see is everybody naked and having sex with each other and her her, her getting off with her mum and (laughs) and her dad. Just like perverse shocking. But it's it's all in her mind and it's actually a proper medical condition right and it's actually a very funny program the girl that's in it is some sort of actress that was kind of started off at the fringe or something I think but she's not she's English but she plays a Scottish girl in it and her accent is absolutely spawn. It's one of old all time great Scottish accents, you know. But um that that's on all four. You know, it's okay. it's worth a look. You know, yeah. It's,
2: yeah. It's, I, I think I'll definitely watch it. Yes, yeah, so I mean I, I, I suspect I might suffer from that condition myself, actually. Uh, <laughs> I mean,
3: it's it's like, a, is that a tick then would you call it? Is that that's what it is? Or, no, it's so, just kinda the reason she cannot sit with anybody without you know, it's a really weird condition, you know, but it's, it's but it's a recognised, and that's why it's called pure, it's something to do with the thing, it's called pure, oh, I can't remember now because I've only just watched the first episode again, pure something, that's what it is, it's, it's, the, it's a definite condition, you know, it's like, say, the way it's described is like, um, you, you think about something it makes you feel a wee bit uncomfortable, but then there's a bit of your brain that can make you sort of forget about it, but if that bit of your brain doesn't work properly, it just goes up and up and up and up and I-
0: God, that's terrifying. Do you know it's true
2: though, like I, I remember like I, I used to be an water boy when I was younger. And I yeah. remember um one time being at a funeral and, like, when you're an altar boy, you have to ring the bell at certain points. And I remember there was this big heavy bell in St. Charles's Church where I used to go. And I picked it up and the handle came off and the bell just smashed on the ground, rolled away, down, mm-hmm. right down the middle of everybody, right? And I just burst out laughing. I couldn't help it. I had to run away in the back and hide. And all these folk are crying and all But <laughs> well, there's no way for you to stop. You just cannot stop, you know? But the, there was a program called Couples or Coupling or something. I think it was by, was it Russell T. Davies that did that, Robert? Coupling? It was about. Uh,
3: um, I don't know actually. That wouldn't have been this Moffat guy, would it? Or maybe Moffat, maybe. But um, I was thinking
2: Doctor Who showrunner. But basically, there was an episode of that called The Giggle Loop. And what it was was that if you're at a funeral or an event where you're not supposed to laugh, you'll enter a, a, a loop, a repeating thing in your brain where you just cannot stop. Do you know what I mean? Like, like you, you think of something you shouldn't think of when you're in that moment. You know, and it's probably a similar part of the brain. Like, imagine having that on all the time. Like, right. cannot stop. Yeah,
1: petrified when that. somebody says, well, we're going to have a minute silence now, guys." Like, oh no, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: like
0: I know you need that filter. That is a yeah, very important. Okay, excellent. So that's quite a good few things to add to the recommendation list. Uh, I have only watched one film and it is typical um, of myself. It's not a modern film. It is a film from the 90s. If I said who the lead actor was, would you be able to guess it? Bill Paxton? Aliens. Nope, that's the 80s. Oh, Wait a
1: minute. Oh, Twister.
0: Yeah there we go. Helen. Well, actually, actually, I would say the, hel- the main lead was actually helen hunt i didn't realize because she's kind of her character's kind of the one that it's funny uh, yeah, actually see, because that's another one where someone who was in romantic comedies ended up in quite a serious film well she did um she was oscar nominated i think she actually won as well i, I might be getting mixed up but she yeah she's got some academy credentials but um she's very good in it i, I quite like her robert have you you've seen twister
3: it's a film i've seen as i said earlier on again bits of oh right okay you know. Now, is Twister one of these films where um you know how sometimes well, always in cinema two films come out that are quite similar?
2: Oh, Volcano and Twister.
3: No, no, that it was it
0: was Volcano and Dante's Peak. <laughs> it was another it was one of these other films. I think Dante's Peak and were ninety seven. Twister was ninety six. I can't remember if it was a film that was similar to that. Yeah, um, no,
3: maybe not, maybe not.
0: But you had your you had your disaster
2: movies were massive, weren't they? Because yeah, Independence was, like, 90, 90, Day was 96, 90.
0: out, in yeah, ninety six, ninety
2: seven,
1: pretty much. Yeah. I think Twister for... Twister definitely was. It's the first of its kind, I think, in terms. It
0: was. Of... I was yeah. So did
3: oh, you see Helen Hunt? is in
0: that? Uh-huh. Aye, aye, yeah. She's good. She's she's really good.
3: What, uh, did, you, what did you
2: think of the use of CGI, Steve? Because I, I always remember that yeah. barn scene being really impressive at the time.
0: So that that film I was reading into it, the film at the time was really critically praised, kind of lauded for its CG. Like it was uh, the director Jan de Bont, kind of Dutch guy. Um, okay, kind of you know, Dutch
1: guy. Well, you know, <laughs> Dutch guy. I'm pretty certain
0: I read what he's Dutch, it? right? But anyways, he's not actually got much of a like. There's only a few. He got that film, and he hadn't really done a lot before, and he kind of didn't. He kind of faded out a bit um i was reading about him he doesn't sound like the best the kindest to the actors like um and he also didn't a lot of them didn't have a lot of things nice things to say about him as well like it sounded like a really troubled production where because of the winds and things like that they had no idea like what they were doing on the day of shooting and they were just right film this then and um obviously it worked out in the end i think the film is good but um like it's Dialogue is there's moments where you're like, that's a bit cheesy. It's got that 90s kind of like, and if any, a wee bit 80s as well, this sort of ensemble where there's a crew of all these storm hunters where they've got like barely barely any character. They're all just like one dimensional characters. But at the same time, I kind of like that. There's something comforting about it.
1: Where they've got like, who, who is it? Um, it's actually Philip Seymour uh, Hawk. Like, right.
0: proper like, um, he's one of the, the, he plays a bit, he gets a bit more screen time than the others, but. He's like a proper st- kind of stonery surfer guy with long hair. Um, but he, he's he's a bit creepy. Like he's he kind of, I don't know, there's lines where he comes right up to Helen Hunt and it's like, he's kind of like, kinda like almost like licking her and doing these kind of weird, like, it's like <laughs> weird voice. It's just, it's a bit, ah. <laughs> I mean, it's, again, it's one of those Philip Seymour Hoffman kind of roles where he completely like, he, I mean, he's just one of these guys that anything you see him in, a different character, like he really is at the one of the definitions of the best character actors transformed. But um Bill Paxton's an alright lead. I you can kinda see why he didn't maybe get a lot of lead actors. He is better as sometimes the sort of Hey crazier. man, the
2: aliens are coming, yeah. man.
0: Dude he's fine. He's fine in it. Um but the CG, Fran, like you can definitely see that it's aged a little but it hadn't aged horrifically like i could still feel a wee bit of tension watching it the, the, the lighting of the, and stuff like that is brilliant some of the staging of the shots like yeah. and things like that the actual it, it does actually still look quite good for 1996
2: i think my question's more like I have a memory of it. I think you remember something as sometimes being more spectacular than it is because mm. you remember it when you're young and you're going to the cinema to see it. But I, I just remember being blown away by it, like blown away by the movie. And it's particularly that barn scene just sticks in my mind as being like, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, you know, it was almost it was like, I guess what was good about it was that it was CG that everything wasn't CG do you know what I mean? It was used, it was a, a nice mixture of CG and yeah. practical effects which I, I think is the best way to do things I think that's yeah. the way, like you're never going to get more real than real, you know
0: Well the CG was obviously for all the crazy stuff it was cars flying up in the air and all these kind of the things, cows hitting things the things It's the same, ca- the joke is that it's the cow flies by and then they see it, they go another one flies by and they're like, cow again, and it's like no, that's the same cow, and it's like uh, <laughs> some of it, I mean I was reading as well, like um they had a lot of like they're in the water and there's all this kind of electricity, like kind of like pylons going off and things like that and all this kind of static. But apparently there was like uh the Bill Pax and Anne Helen Hunt were blinded practically. <laughs> um, because of the way that the guy had lit the scene and the they were exposed their eyes to it or whatever. So they were end up for like days like trying to recover because they had been their actual eyes were damaged by the, the the light and obviously the director was just he wasn't really sympathetic to it and he and I think as well as one other stunt when Helen Hunt got hurt and he kind of said ah she's a bit clumsy isn't she it was just like, <laughs> God's sake your lead actress come on man yeah he doesn't seem the best but uh, what yeah. did you
1: think of the if I, if I remember I've not seen Twister in a while but it was probably one of those films <laughs> where I watched religiously when it came out had it on VHS and all that kind of stuff Um the plot, if I remember, probably isn't that great.
0: Oh, I mean, it's, it's Storm Chasers and there's a lead, the, the sort of two leads are the d- divorcees were nearly and he's got his new girlfriend, he's trying to get the divorce papers signed and initially when I was, re- I was re-watching it, I was worried that they were going to do that, like, make his new girlfriend out to be, like, completely unlikable so that we then sympathise with um, Helen Hunt's character which is obviously because it was clearly they were going to get back together again but they actually write her the other, the, the oh, what's her name I can't remember her name, she's now a businesswoman but um, her character's written out quite well into it essentially like, I, I think they actually write her quite well, quite sympathetic, you're just the whole time going just leave her, go back to Helen Hunt or anything. So basically she's a, a kind of a well-rounded character
2: rather than just a, a device
0: yeah like they do kind of dress her like she looks more corporate she looks a bit colder but it's like i don't think you have to make someone
2: sympathetic i think it's just it can be lazy sometimes can't it
0: well so i thought it was a flip side of what you normally see which i thought was interesting right that's why i felt like helen hunt's character's the lead because normally in films you see it's male trying to win back his ex who's with a piece of shit new guy and you're just like, I'll oh, leave him. It's like liar, liar, that kind of thing, you know, like, or whatever. Or she's like flirting with the neighbour or whatever, or the person who's kind of coming into her life and you want wanting them to leave. So it's kind of like the flip side, but it doesn't portray the new wife in a sort of like, she's just a different type of person and there's more chemistry. So remember,
1: she's quite, she's obviously not... Um, she's not like uh, adventurous at all. Like no, she's, she's uh, like, she kind of, uh, yeah. she's. if she stands in a puddle, she's kind of like... oh. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's oh a
0: different great. it's a different world for her It's good. it's fun. I loved I love all the all the crews. Like I mean the film pretty much has the same structure. It's some downtime and then oh my god something's, something's reported let's go and it's like eight cars all driving towards it it's all tension the music's building there's a lot of kind of it's just fun then something crazy happens and then they're like oh some downtime let's let's go and have some dinner." Like, oh yeah there we go there's another one and it's
1: like the exact same thing i'm five. Bit- <laughs> who's the um because obviously they're gonna up against another as another yeah, like, company absolutely. who's the smart guy yeah is i think he's in liar liar isn't he yeah, Carrie Elvis. Carrie yeah. Elvis, that's it. Aye, aye. He's yeah, just like played that sports. pure yeah. smart me guy that shouts out the window. Should they're shouting at each other and all that. or we're going to get there first. And what is it again? They're trying to basically. What's the name of the. What's, is it the Dolly, Dolly or some of like that? The, Dorothy, the machine is.
0: Dorothy, I think Dorothy,
1: that's it. That's it. And it's they're basically trying to get Dorothy. Episode.
0: It's like a big tin bucket with
1: <laughs>
0: that they plan to put inside the tornado, so that it then records the entire winds and velocity of the tornado and
1: stuff like that. I mean, the plot's crazy. I do not think that the the, the 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 fact that these people like that Kerry Oliver's character literally is put, He is he is willing to sacrifice him and his entire crew's life just to get his his machine and the fucking uh, category five. Twister, before. yeah, like he, uh, hes just written, bag <laughs> like, like,
0: oh, like. <laughs> and even the, even all of their crew, like they all bear these, they're all driving these big black SUVs.
1: They're almost like a, it's so almost like a that. mercenary squad, isn't it? Yeah.
0: It's ridiculous. It's cartoonish, but I love it. That's that sort of nineties style. I, I, I love that. You don't really see a lot of those kind of films, and I think disaster films usually aren't good because their characters usually lack any characterization. They're one note, and the the, the main focus is CG. And and it, as much as there is a bit of that, definitely a bit of that. I think Twister actually is still pretty good. When you've got, you've I think there's an ele- there's like an element of the the suicidal henchman mentality, isn't there? Like where people
2: are. Like, where do they hire these people from? I mean, like your job spec is, you know, go into the jaws of death with your boss. Like, doesn't you know, like, what kind of money are they on? Like, where? It do, looks where fun. Do they... Like, it's like
0: it's like a really extreme version of Top Gear, where they're all in different cars with walkie-talkies and chatting and banter and stuff like that. Like, that looks fun. Like, I want to do that. Like, we should just do the Capiche Road Road Tour kind of thing. I think it's kind of meant to be a bunch of like they're obviously passionate about.
2: Like you get folk like that, don't you, who are quite passionate about a particular topic or branch of science or whatever, and they're just they're meant to be... I almost like have the recollection, like I've not seen it for a long time, of them being kind of, like some of them being quite hippie-ish and a bit kind of out there. And
0: it's like, They're all different. That's like There's the quiet one, and then there's the sort of geeky one, and then there's t- um Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, there's the kind of weird surfer, really wild kind of guy. There's... It's,
1: like the, it's like the working guys, it's so funny because it's like, like Bill Paxton, Helen Hunt, sort of like sort of group or, or, or team, if you want to call it, they're ju- they just look so very working class. It's almost as a you know the dress are not not uniform or anything like that. But Kerry Elves' outfit, it's this pure regimented. And the, they,
0: had, they had they had like a lot of money apparently. The story guy. was so, but, <laughs>
1: but I mean, it does seem weird. They're, they're, willing, they're willing to put. They're willing to die. Uh-huh. To, beat, it's like it's, to beat this working class team of fucking storm chasers it's, it's almost <laughs> like a war against the weather or something. Like they're just, you know,
2: you know, they've been directed by the government to go. Like, it's, yeah, there's this kind of. It's like I think it's the money side of it. They've got yeah, they've got millions of pounds or whatever, but it, they are so dedicated.
1: Those yeah, it's lo- a success, and it? it's, it's 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 kind of like you know, it's kind of a wee bit like the, we spoke about space force. It's the the kind of parody of America has to be first in the moon. And yeah. It can't be China. You know yeah. what I mean, it's that kind of thing where we've we've got to have our machine and our bots into that twisted before they can, at all costs Even if we <laughs> all die yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: It's good, I did enjoy it But you would have, Rob, did you,
2: you saw it at the time, and you, or you said you only saw bits no, of
3: it? I don't think so, um, I was aware of it at the time, so was it, about
2: 96, 97?
0: 96, yeah um, So Independence yeah, I mean, Day would have been out about the same time then? Uh, 97 was Independence Day, I think. Well, I
3: mean, I've seen trailers uh, for it, all that kind of stuff at the cinema. I definitely didn't see it at the cinema. I must have seen it on... I can't remember. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think uh, I'm definitely going to rewatch it, though, because... Um...
0: It's not high-brow stuff. Like I I watched that I was like, this is so, there's, there's, yeah, it's silly in a way, but you can if you can get behind that, it's good.
3: Well, one of the selling points of it was the kind of CG stuff at the time, right? And that was the thing that, oh, I don't want to get too bogged down and talk about CG because from then onwards, there were so many films that you look back and look, you know, let's not talk about Star Wars Special Editions and CG and all that kind of stuff. There was incredibly clever use of it and incredibly dumb use of it from then <laughs> onwards. My memory is that that was quite a clever use of it.
0: It had a Spielberg feel to it and it was Spielberg that produced it. He didn't direct it, but he was part of the producing team. So he was... There's, you can see his influence on the film, especially in the opening section. There's, it's uh, It doesn't give you any explanation what's happening, but a, a young family are pretty much waiting for the category 5 tornado to appear the, the sort of and it's like terrifying they're just in their they're trying to get into their bunker and um it's just the way it's let the way it's shot it feels like the beginning of Jurassic Park yeah um, when they're getting the velociraptor in and it's just that kind of spielberg setting the tension that was a strong start for me and I, I liked it um so yeah, yeah. And, and,
3: it, and it would have been one of the first again thinking about the cg and have been quite clearly done it would have been one of the first time you'd actually seen that on the screen you yeah, know that whole up close
0: sort of twistery effect. Yeah, I had never, I'd never heard of these things, and I remember I was obsessed with the film, and I, I was not obsessed, but I remember it had a big impact on me because the after watching it in the cinema, I remember having a nightmare where there was all sorts of twisters coming to our house, and I remember in the dream, just in our weird logic for some reason, the answer to do that was to all load up with shotguns <laughs> and stand apparently the window also led to a balcony like an American house, like a big white balcony and we all, my family all just stood waiting with shotguns for this twister Um, that was kind of the answer to that, but yeah, I remember waking up just going, what the hell, but obviously it was like two days after I'd seen the film so yeah, that's the impact that film had on me yeah, it's it's a fun film definitely not highbrow, you can see where it's aged, um, from dialogue certainly, there's a lot of cliches, all that kind of stuff but As a piece of fun and as a historical document for the early CG films in the 90s, it's actually still, I think it mostly holds up. But yeah. Excellent. Okay, I think we're we're done for this episode, guys. Thanks for joining me. That's a a fair collection of uh, some great stuff we've uh, been able to recommend to anyone if they're wanting to catch anything before the end of lockdown and we'll be back of course next week and of course check out the rest of the podcast, they're on Spotify SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and a fair few other things as well as check the website, capish that's K A P W E S H dot online alright cheers guys, thanks again, we'll see you next time, cheers, bye bye cheers
2: guys, Bye bye